0: A radio show that confesses
1: Christ. Without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously.
2: Without taking ourselves
1: so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
2: So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And, and now it says that he, this promised seed... Shall bruise you the servant on the head, so this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel.
1: What in the world?
0: The Lord's supper <laughs> is to help rediscover your innate goodness. Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying, it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard.
2: Councilman Darren Layton. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk Radio points. Welcome to Table Talk Radio with Evan Gigline and Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Uh, is it hard to relive that that uh, Indian uh, prayer pipe thing every time we do this show?
0: <laughs> no, I mean it gets my blood pressure going. It's like a little uh, taking a little energy drink right before the. <laughs> I, I remember. How much you like it when I just get off on a on a incredibly terrible rant about something. (laughs) Oh, by the way, you know, we have our Facebook fan page, you know. Oh, you might not know. Hey Evan, we got a Facebook fan page. And there's a discussion on there. Favorite quotations. Um, uh, from, from uh from the show, and and one of them, was, uh, someone says here. I think my favorite will always be Pastor Wolfmuth's rant on the communion being there to remind us of the goodness inside of us. So that made it into the favorites there. <laughs> Congratulations! Oh yeah. And and, and, it, and, it, and here you made it. You made it here. You have the last two out of the last three are a yeah, favorite, like, quotations right. from you. I know it. And this one, it's all caps. It says, "Evan says, maybe those old people needed the forgiveness of sins." <laughs> That's when you were on a flat-out rant about a a youth speaker sermon, I think. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: because because old people are just dying churches, and 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 we should just close the doors on those
0: kinds of churches, right? Oh goodness! That, yeah, that has actually has something here to do uh uh with um another f- thing here, but I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We got to do buzzwords and stuff before we do listener feedbacks. So. That's right. Uh, well, that's great that I can uh, make it
2: uh you know make up for the popularity I've lost throughout my life on Facebook, um, which is why people
0: joined Facebook, isn't it? Did you start that Facebook uh, uh, fan page, People Against Facebook? (laughs) No, not yet. (laughs) All right,
2: you're listening to Table Talk Radio, and after we do some buzzwords, we're going to respond to our listeners, namely doing bumper sticker theology, and then after that we're playing Table Talk Jeopardy, and then what's in your pastor's library? We haven't done that in a while, but uh, I was at uh, Hope Lutheran Church a couple weeks ago, and I thought... Um. Yeah, I could. I could probably pull some of these heretical books off of uh, Pastor's shelf uh, to talk about on the radio. So, and that's the plan for uh, the program today. Um. So, Pastor, uh, Pastor, why don't you start us off with some buzzwords?
0: Well, how about this for buzzwords? Growth in doctrine. How about that one? <laughs> Growth of doctrine. This, this is the idea that. Uh, that doctrine changes and grows, that the Holy Spirit breathes new wind into the church, etc., etc. Now we, of course, say, "No, look, that's crazy, doctrine doesn't grow. I mean, that, how how kind of that would be if Jesus, you know, had one doctrine for our parents and another one for us. It wouldn't be kind at all, in fact. So, uh, But there are a lot of churches that have this growth of doctrine. A lot of liberal churches where they have, you know, new doctrine coming out. Even the Roman Catholic Church will confess a growth in doctrine uh, as further, uh, as the church meditates on uh the revelation of the scripture, etc. So that is my buzz phrase for you, growth of doctrine. That'll be easy. I I talk about growth in doctrine every day. So, uh
2: that'll be easy to uh, work uh, into uh, conversation. My uh buzzword yeah, for true. you is predestination. Uh we've uh had the, We
0: haven't used that one yet. We've
2: used election, but not predestination, which is pretty much the same thing. Uh predestination is uh that doctrine in which we uh believe that the the lord in uh, all eternity has has chosen us to be saved uh who whom he has uh, willed and so uh this is predestination and this is always in the lutheran doctrine it's always uh for for the sake of the gospel that we don't uh, have in the scriptures that 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 god has predestined us to hell uh that doesn't the bible doesn't tell us that so we uh, believe that that um we believe that uh, that predestination is for the sake of the gospel. And I actually have a uh, a passage to read, and this is going to be our LPG, our text message LPG. Um, this is from Tell Romans that. 8, uh, 29 and 30, which says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, he also called, and whom he called uh these he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorified uh so that is Romans 9 uh excuse me Romans 8 uh 29 and uh 30 and this is our text message LPG so i'm going to send out this little alert right now it says uh um listener participation game first correct answer wins is Romans 8 29 and 30 law and or gospel reply with your answer so i'm sending that out right now wish. And we'll see who the first person and to respond then, is, or if anyone responds. Maybe I'll have to respond. Where's <laughs> yeah, my telephone? You, you, you can't play. <laughs> but if no. you, if you would like to play with, uh, with these LPG games, you can text message the word "table talk" to the number six nine three zero two. Table talk is all one word, no spaces, to six nine three zero two, and then you are signed up for Table Talk Radio text message. Alerts. Okay. Uh, Pastor, do you want to take us away with some listener response and some bumper sticker theology? Yeah.
0: I've been kind of cruising around our Facebook page. There's some pretty... this. If you guys aren't fans, uh, which I think you all are, <laughs> because there's 420-something fans, and so you've all got to be fans like 10 times <laughs> each but uh but there's some funny stuff on here uh here's one uh George writes I don't mean to be judgmental but whoever the pastor was you played clips from on episode 110 needs to be taken out and beaten with a sack full of Concordia the Lutheran <laughs> confessions <laughs> Um. I could say plenty of things about his sermon, but I just get angrier, so I'll let Evan be angry for me. That was a classic. <laughs> <laughs> that, also, from episode 110, I actually went back to listen to it because there's so much uh, talk about it here on our fanbook page. So, uh, Darren writes, episode 110... Uh, three minutes and 54 seconds into the program, Pastor Wolfmuller lives his dream of singing background vocals to a praise band. No more work, it says. <laughs> That's classic. But here's a bumper sticker theology. How about this? Oh, where did he go? Uh, this was... Oh, there's too much stuff on here. I gotta find, This was on the back of a shopping cart, it said, uh, on one of those little... Um, carts that goes around uh, uh, the, the grocery store and it said I can't even find it it said I break for Protestants <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that bumper sticker I break for pro oh yeah here D- a bumper sticker on a motorized shopping cart I break for Protestants <laughs> oh. nice what do you make of that one
2: I, I don't know I, I guess that uh, person is favorable towards Protestants is the one to break a shopping cart
0: Uh <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> I never I don't know if I've seen many uh I've never seen many uh uh bumper stickers on motorized shopping carts. But I mean you wonder what the alternative is. I mean what do they do you know, what about the Catholics? Yeah, they see know? the Catholics are you know I mean, they just keep going. <laughs> Arr, speed up. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, you better be praying or hail hey, marriage, I'm coming for you, my shopping cart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, brother. Who knows what that means? Well, hey, I have some uh, church signs. We can do a little church sign theology, too. Oh, I got another one. Church sign, too. Yeah, let's have it. Okay, here's here's one. I'm ready for yours. Try our Sundays. They are better than Baskin-Robbins. Oh, oh. oh man. Oh. What a sharp wit, you know. You don't want to stand too close to that wit, you might cut yourself. Do you think they have to call in <laughs> church consultants for their
0: church signs? <laughs> yeah, you know there No, you could go to the you can go to the bookstore and buy these, you know, <laughs> ten thousand and ten thousand and five witty church signs. Oh, brother. <laughs> Authored by Pastor Here's Brian another Wolfram. one from our <laughs> I was writing a children's sermon book one time. Oh, it's terrible. It's all the bad illustrations. It's a uh, uh. <laughs> this see, children, see this rock. It's hard, like your father's head. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do that as a table talk fundraiser. You know, table talk radio, children's sermon illustration ideas. <sighs> uh, here's a, here's another one. You'll like this one. This is on a United Methodist church sign. It says, "You have a friend request from God. Come inside to view God's profile." <laughs> oh
2: goodness. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Do you, Do you want me to explain what that actually means, yes, or do please. you understand enough of that? yeah? <laughs> see, this is the friend request is the Facebook thing, and uh, and then you could you have to be a friend of someone to see their profile. That is their, uh, you know, the, all the information about them and all this sort of stuff. So here, so here, uh, 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 joining the church, you're coming to church is like joining um, uh, Facebook. You become a fan of God. <laughs> so uh, how- it's like you know, how would that be? I'm a fan of uh, like Tim Tebow and uh, and dessert recipes with pickles and oh yeah, the Holy Trinity. <laughs> I mean, that's just weird. So how do you poke God? <laughs> you and the poking—I don't even think I've ever been poked by anyone except for when you had your Facebook page when you were a vicar for six months. Oh, goodness. but you know here, this, this, there's actually some theology behind this church sign. You know, you have a friend request from God. I mean, you know, they're just horsing around. I mean, you hope they—they they are, but the idea that—that that, um uh that god wants that, that that you have this kind of friendship sort of thing that everything is about a relationship i mean on a, on a way we can understand it when jesus says for example to the disciples i don't call you servants but friends because servants don't know what the master's doing but friends do uh this is a you know you can understand that text which is full of gospel and and marvelous comfort but the idea that 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 the lord is you know jesus is a friend of mine theology is it really completely misses the severity of the law or the holiness which which we are required to approach god
2: all right, okay, well, uh, that's all the time we have. If you want to send us a comment, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org or call us on our voicemail system, 1-800-385-SOLA. After this break, we're going to start Table Talk Jeopardy. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
1: all for Jesus and have a very nice day. Walk for Jesus and have a very nice day. Not really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Today we are playing Table Talk Jeopardy. And uh, we're going against each other on this one. So uh, the the category I have for you, Pastor Wolf, head the head matchup. That's right. Is uh, yes. end times, in times. I, by the theology. way, don't.
0: Hey, hold on. I'm working on something here. I'm trying to text message my answer to this <laughs> question that uh, I just got. Don't bother. You, you don't have the middle schooler to help
2: you out, so I wouldn't even. I would <laughs> to <of> the trouble. <laughs> Does eschatology, huh? Doesn't Hannah uh, handle all your text messaging? Uh, I thought I thought she yes, was she your does, designated mostly. text messenger.
0: I know. <laughs> so when she's not around, I gotta do it myself. But so so you got I I your category for me is eschatology. My category for you, I have ten questions because my category for you is the top ten most important dates in the Old Testament. Ooh,
2: I don't know if I want to play with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll try to make them easy. Uh, okay. Thanks. Well, I'm going to give it to you first. Like, for example, what is the date of the birth of Abraham? How about that for easy? (laughs) Can you get it? No problem. Uh, Yeah, that's easy. (laughs) Okay,
2: uh, I'll give it to you first. What do you want? 100, 200, 300,
0: 400, or 500? Let's start with
2: 100 and let the drama build. (laughs) Okay, this this is the hard one. I did it in reverse order. (laughs) Okay. Oh, the end times theology that insists in no literal 1000 year reign of Christ on earth, but rather teaches the 1000 year reign of Christ refers to the church age
0: uh well there's actually two um different eschatological systems <laughs> that that uh would teach that uh post millennialism and all-millennialism. but i'm going to guess that uh, that that the question you're looking for is what is millennialism? uh that's true now make the distinction then so the postmillennialists think that jesus that the church through k- kind of its infiltration into society will bring about a golden age on the earth and that 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 will be the millennial kingdom, which is marked by the second coming of Jesus at the end, post-millennialism. The amillennialist, this all, by the way, has to do with the teaching of... of, uh, of the millennium or the one thousand years that comes to us in Revelation chapter twenty, the all millennialist, which is uh, I'm absolutely convinced, the plain reading of the biblical scriptures uh, teaches that the time from Jesus' ascension, he, he really his his death on the cross and his ascension into heaven, until his second coming, is precisely the time that that is being described in Revelation twenty and is described as the millennium. So the entire church age uh, is what Jesus is talking about there. So,
2: nice, okay.
0: That's that's the hard category, as you said I was kidding. Okay, what do you what do you want? Uh, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. Well, you uh, five hundred. Uh, I want
2: three hundred.
0: Hey, that's a daily double. Well, all right, let me change the <laughs> daily double to a different one because because you don't have anything to double yet. Uh, so uh, okay, it's three hundred then. How about this? Uh, this major event which occurred in the year 1010 B.C., was followed by another similar event 40 years later in the year 970 B.C. <laughs>
2: oh, man. <laughs> I don't know this uh, stuff. <laughs> one, 1010
0: B.C. Yes, 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 which was followed by another v- very similar event 40 years later in 970 B.C. <sighs> hmm. here, here, here's another clue for you. <laughs> the first was the father, and the second was his son.
2: Uh. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Um
0: Father and son. I could be finishing my text message now. <laughs> I did it wrong. Apparently, you have to type in Table Talk Radio. <laughs> you should be able to just hit reply on that. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. Oh, okay. Did it come there for you? you I see? don't know. I've, Pay attention. You yeah, got to answer sorry. this question. You got to think of an Old Testament event that happened in the year 1010. Um. Okay, okay, okay. It has to do
2: with it has to do with a crown. Okay, so someone being crowned and then father son is a good is a good yeah, uh yes. the father and then the son forty years later, yes. Um so this could be uh uh David being crowned and then Solomon would be would be thereafter.
0: Yes, that's right. Oh. Ding 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 after the all crowning of, of King David, King of Israel. <laughs> after all of the hints in the world, I got it. I was <laughs> saying, his name starts with David <laughs>
2: What starts with D and ends with Avid. <laughs> oh, man. You got
0: it. This is, so, uh, this is actually, I mean, there's, there's, so there's 10 key dates in the Old Testament, and, and they're very helpful to remember these 10 key dates. Uh, and, and so you can kind of hang everything else around them, you know, you can put, put it in context. And this is one of the most important ones. The year 1010 is the ascension of David to the throne. So, Saul would have then been 1050. Ah, uh, Saul's king for forty years. David ten ten, and then Solomon nine seventy. So, so, so Saul, David, and and Solomon were all kings for forty years apiece. And then after Solomon, all hell breaks loose. Mm. And you can't keep track of anything after that. So,
2: oh wow. Okay, well, I'm glad I was lucky to get the three hundred. Um, but uh, it's now three hundred to one hundred, so I'm winning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you really All right, I'll have, I'll have games, a
0: <laughs> eschatology for 200. Yeah, I, oh, I'm really <laughs> suffering here. I'm, I'm having a tough time. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: often credited or at least popularized by John Darby, the end-time theology that, uh, that basis is in understanding is upon the presupposition that God works and deals with his people in different ways
0: throughout time. That uh, what is dispensationalism, Evan? That is correct. All right. So how does this,
2: uh, how does dispensationalism fit into eschatology?
0: Well, see, so that's a uh, dispensationalism is a whole theology. So it's not just a theology of the end times, although it has a huge emphasis on the end times but dispensationalism says that God has different dispensations of his dealings with people seven of them and we're not and we're still in the sixth and then we got to go back at the end to the fifth for a little while before we get to the seventh see so that there's these different errors of God's dealing the way he does it so you have the error the dispensation of human reason you have the dispensation of the flood the dispensation of the patriarchs the dispensation of the law that's the uh what dispensation that's the fifth dispensation the dispensation of moses uh which was where god uh, uh, saved people through their outward righteousness then you have the dispensation of grace that's the church age and then and now the dispensationalists, when it comes to the end times say that god has to finish his dealings with israel and then he'll go to the seventh dispensation the millennial kingdom uh, where jesus rules and reigns in the temple in jerusalem and sacrifices animals at the rebuilt temple etc that's so that's dispensationalism and their eschatology it's a new doctrine it's a dangerous doctrine it was especially especially dangerous uh in its original form but but it's been cleaned up a little bit you kind of have progressive dispensationalist but still it's um uh it makes it makes the new testament can like a it's like putting a fall it's like putting vaseline in your eyes before reading the new <laughs> testament to be a dispensationalist because you can't tell anyway what's up and down so you're just trying to get on the facebook quote page <laughs> I know, you got the last two out of three. And really, like, Man,
2: why's Evan got all the good quotes? Oh, man. Uh, you're missing your competition for getting a soundbite of the week on issues, etc., so now uh, you're fulfilling wow. it on your own radio program.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Oh, man. Um, oh, just pandering for glory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, well, I, I think I'll take And points. Point. Oh, and points, yeah. by so the way. It, we're now tied at 300 apiece. Um so okay. I will take um Old Testament dates um for
0: 200. For 200. Okay. After the uh after the Exodus from Egypt, which occurred in uh 1446 BC, the Lord's people crossed the Jordan into Canaan on this date. What? <laughs> This is a miserable category. Oh. Uh, no, this is an easy one. You could just figure out how long they wandered. Oh, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Okay. You could just think about it a little bit. you I gave you the answer. <laughs>
2: could you read the question again?
0: <laughs> Sometime after the Exodus, which occurred in 1446 B.C., the people of Israel crossed the Jordan and made their entrance into Canaan on this date. Um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, what is the date? 1486. Well, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good guess, except for when you're doing math backwards in the Old oh, Testament, no. you have to you have to subtract instead of add. Wait, wait. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that Evan. You 14-06. missed it. 1406. That's it's what I said. <laughs> It's tricky doing dates, you know, because it gets, uh, you know, the the farther back it was, the higher the number. So, yeah, that's right, 14.06. No, No points for you. I
1: hate
2: this game.
0: Oh, man.
2: Is it time for commercial break yet? okay, we're about a minute away.
0: No, say so. Here's two more cardinal dates of the Old Testament to remember: the Exodus from Egypt, 1446, and the entrance into Canaan, uh, 40 years later, in 1406. <laughs> uh, we need to we need to get into the
2: ADs is what we need to do, year of our Lord, so so math works correctly. All right, we're gonna finish oh. this uh, miserable category right after this break. Uh, If you want to join our uh, face, if you're socially inept, you need to join our Facebook group. That's right there, Facebook. Join our Table Talk Radio group. We're right back to continue Table Talk Jeopardy on Table Talk
1: Radio. Socially inept. Oh boy. In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, where did we
0: go? Yes, the Still tied up on Table Talk Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, what happened on that last one? Oh, a little the thing the thing that we call math got in the way of old Evan. Last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> they don't have a math major at the seminary. <laughs> I try, I'm t- thinking to myself, how can I put the embed the answer in, or the question in the answer? You know,
2: <laughs> old Evan's
0: got a lot on his mind. Uh. I'm having to run a radio oh, here, here. Don't make I'll me. I'll try think. harder on this. Hey, you got you have another. I'm gonna give you the next one you pick. I'm gonna also give you. Uh, uh you're gonna have already know the answer.
2: Oh boy, let's uh, let's see how so I can screw that one up. That. Okay, well, it's your turn. Uh, you're, you're going through the end times theology category, uh, and you have three through five hundred left.
0: So let's do uh, end
2: times for three hundred, please, Evan. Okay, the end-time theology which says that Christ will return after the millennial, an age in which the church will uh, permeate everything. The gospel will have dominance in the world, and Christian law will be state law.
0: Hey, that sounds like uh, what we described earlier as post-millennialism. So I'm going to say the question is, what is post-millennialism? That is it. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Now, how,
2: t- tell me, Pastor, how does this differ from the Islamic teaching uh, that that uh, Shia law should take over everything?
0: Uh, That's a good question. (laughs) I mean, mean, mostly, it would maybe not be necessarily a formal difference, but a material difference. In in other words, Christian law is different than Sharia law. You know, I mean, that's just... Uh so that would be one thing. So goodness sakes, I'd I'd rather be under a, a post millennial kind of reconstructionist view of things than a, than the Sharia law. Goodness sakes, right. but both both have a are a confusion of uh, of the Lord's law. Uh, and the Lord's intent, etc. And post millennialism was a really, it was kind of, you know, when things were, the Industrial Revolution 1900, and, and things seemed to be going, everything was going great in the world. There was a lot of post millennials. The thing, hey, things are getting so great that we're just going to have a big Christian nation, big Christian world. Mm-hmm. uh And then a couple things kind of got in the way of that, like, World War One, <laughs> World War Two, Great oh, Depression. I guess we're wrong. Etc. So, yeah, but but oddly enough, post millennialism is making a comeback. In the likes of guys as popular as R.C. Sproul, his book on eschatology is basically a post millennial book. It's amazing to me.
2: Now, with someone who ascribes this theology, then, I mean, would they say that if you, if you ask them, you know, uh, is it possible that Christ could return tomorrow, they, wouldn't they have to say no
0: because we haven't been through the millennial yet? seemingly yeah they would but so that I mean e- well, every eschatology aside from the aforementioned all millennialism does that too because the rapture folk, they do the same thing you know I mean Jesus second G- the rapture is not the second coming of Jesus that's a different event the second coming comes seven years later but if you know when the rapture is then you know when the when the coming of Jesus is so that means that he couldn't come now he's got a rapture your first seven-year prelude and then you would also know the day and the hour it's kind of crazy so, so yeah, uh, but I think the postmillennialist Whenever I meet one someday, I'll ask him. I gotta, you know, <laughs> there should we should be able to find a postmillennialist hanging around because, I mean, because the, the Calvinists, the Calvinist mind is tempted that way, and since every Calvinist has, you know, a dozen blogs, we should be able to f- <laughs> find one.
2: You can start posting on their us. blog, <laughs> <clears throat> making comments in yeah, their yeah. blog posts. Yeah,
0: yeah. What well, uh, d- does the this a Idea of post-millennialism deny the imminency of Christ's return. Fine, that's a fine question. Never. Yes, very fine.
2: Okay, uh, one
0: hundred for me. Okay, this date is the day is the, uh, marks the year that the kingdom of Israel was divided. Um. This date marks the year that the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of you know the nation of Israel, was divided north to uh, south.
2: Yes, I know this one.
0: Uh, um I know this one. <laughs> this is Now you you this by you by the way already have the numbers that you need to calculate it already in our discussion. So even if you don't can't recall it from flat out memory, you can calculate it. <laughs> See, I'm starting with 1486,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't start from 1486. Um, Whatever you do, don't do that. Uh, no, no, this is um nine.
0: Isn't this uh nine twenty six? Close, Evan. Close. Nine nine thirty 930 or nine thirty one. Maybe oh. we'll say nine thirty one because. So remember, David was one hundred and ten, and then he reigned for forty years. Then Solomon was nine seventy, and then when Solomon died forty years later, nine thirty, 930, nine thirty one. Then the kingdom was divided. Ah. So what is nine hundred and thirty one? Another cardinal date in the old testament.
2: Aha. Uh-huh. I didn't know we were playing a math game today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could just know the dates. That would also <laughs> help. <laughs> uh, um, so so and this by the way is the I mean, remember when uh David uh commits adultery with Bathsheba and then has Uriah killed? Uh, et cetera, the sword will never leave your house, this punishment. And then, and it comes. So as soon as uh, the, the kingdom is held together through the reign of Solomon, but as soon as Solomon dies, then phoom, the kingdom is divided, and you have Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And then, and, 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 and Israel lasts not so long, uh, and, and, then, and then Judah continues oh, with uh, some struggles uh, until the time of the birth of our Lord Jesus. So.
2: All right. Um you want another one then? Yeah, sure, sure,
0: sure. You're just trying to get through this game. Yeah, I I'll know. have uh, eschatology for 400.
2: I, I might get get you back when we play what's in your pastor's library. <laughs> Memorize the layout of your office and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you could. Uh what what did you say? Good. Do you want 400? Uh 400, yeah, yeah 400. You're, you're, See the drama's you're building. You're boring and always go in order. Okay. I'm building the drama. Okay, well, here is your answer. The theological center and hermeneutical key for dispensational premillennialists in reading the Bible and understanding eschatology.
0: Whoa, is this their own self-professed hermeneutical key? <laughs> Probably not. Or I don't are you know. are just making it up? I don't know. Uh,
2: okay, so say it again. Say the answer again. The theological center and hermeneutical key for dispensational premillennialists in reading the Bible and understanding eschatology,
0: well, what, uh, there's a couple ways to answer it, but we could say probably this: What is the distinction between Israel and the Church? Uh, I okay, yeah,
2: I'll, I'll accept that answer. I, I put uh, just simply Israel, but uh, you're you elaborate on it more
0: precisely than I had. So
2: yes, that is correct.
0: Uh, there's three actually three pillars that the dispensationalists build their theology on. The first is they say they have a consistent literal hermeneutic, which they don't, but. They say they do, and then they and then they keep a, con- a consistent distinction between Israel and the church. And then the third thing is uh, that the the purpose of all history is is God's glory and not man's salvation, which is interesting. Uh, that's that's kind of that's like a, if you want to market something to the Calvinists, that's what you would say, but it doesn't work. The Calvinists don't go for it. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, th- this is this distinction between Israel and the church, which we talked about earlier. This idea that God has an earthly people and then He has a heavenly people. He's got earthly plans with earthly temple and earthly rules and all this for the Jews. And then he's got a heavenly people that is the church. The weird thing is when you read the early dispensationalists, they talk about how the church was plan B. And when Jesus came and offered the kingdom to the uh, to the Jews uh, and they rejected him and he's like, all right, what's plan B? Well, let's start a church. And then and then at the end of the church, you got to zap all the church out. So God can go back to finishing plan A, which is dealing with his national people, the Jews, uh, uh, of uh, people with Jewish bloodline and Jewish heritage and stuff. And again, it just makes the whole Bible completely incomprehensible like this this great text that Paul talk in Ephesians chapter 2 where he, where he says that he took the two and made it into one so there's no longer any animosity you who are far, far brought off have been brought near and and he made one man out of the two Th- this is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles there is no distinction so so the, wo- the wall that Jesus tore down in the cross the dispensationalists build back up as the central pillar of their doctrine it's terrible so Terrible,
2: I say. This plan B stuff that you're talking about, is this uh, kind of why that, oh, like we, talking about hermeneutics, uh, often say that we uh, read the the Old Testament in light of the New. So we read the Old Testament when we know uh, of Christ's fulfillment of these prophecies. Um, and they, because of this plan B talk that you just mentioned, that uh, oftentimes we'll read the uh, uh, New Testament
0: in light of the Old. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Or maybe we might say it uh, like this. They read the... Uh the unclear, pa- the, we say we read the unclear in light of the clear passages. They go and they read the clear passages in light of the unclear. <laughs> so <laughs> that, the, that you're drawing your theology from these kind of um, uh, confusing uh, apocalyptic prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. That's where the bulk of your doctrine's coming from. <laughs> and it's it's just getting things backwards. That's right. Hmm. Uh, but, but then it's, to, I mean, the trouble is, Paul tells us this. He says, All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. That's 1 Corinthians. But the dispensationalists really would rather Paul would have said all the promises of God are yes and amen in Israel. So that, for example, all, all these promises that the New Testament interprets as being fulfilled in Christ, the dispensationalists say, no, no, it's not yet fulfilled. It still has to be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom in the, with the Jewish people. Uh, it's just, it is just incredible. For for example. The idea that, that Jesus will sit on the throne of David in the millennial kingdom, the dispensationalists reject that. But if you just read even for the, Paul's sermon on Pentecost, he says that that promise has already been fulfilled in the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. It's just so clear.
2: All right. Well, it is time for another break. Uh, I know you're all relieved you can take a break from Table Talk Radio. Uh, unfortunately, we have to come back for the last segment of Table Talk Radio. Uh, to finish up this wonderful category of Table Talk Radio Jeopardy, uh, dates of the Old Testament. We'll be right back for that. This is Chris Rosebro, captain of Pirate Christian Radio and Table Talk Radio. Is PCR's top radio program right after Issues etc, Fighting for the Faith, Sermons from Holy Trinity, The God Whispers, The Gift, Radical Grace, Soco, Higher Things, The Feast, Dying to Live, Living Water, Words of Hope, Internet Monk and reruns of The White Horse Inn.
1: Well, we're moving on up
2: to the east side to the key Oh, over over on on. Hey, that'd
0: be for which ladder?
2: Uh, oh, that'd be a good one. I was thinking this would be your theme song for being newly elected to the uh, bureaucrat uh, as, a, as a LCMS bureaucrat. <laughs> that, would,
0: that would be the theme song to Sanford and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> you big dummy! <nubby. laughs> I was thinking about Sanford and Sons yesterday. I was trying to tell Andrew, my boy, about this show, and he just didn't think it was very nice. I'm going to try to find some reruns somewhere.
2: (laughs) Welcome back to Table Talker Radio. (laughs) uh, Looking at our responses for the LPG, the text message LPG we had earlier. Uh, if you want to join in on that, you can text us at uh, 69302. You can text message the word table talk, altogether one word, and get signed up for text message alerts. Uh, we, here we have a handful of responses. All of them were correct. The, the correct answer is gospel from that Romans passage. Romans um, 8.28 is gospel. That's right. That's right. So that, that the predestination is gospel. Uh, so uh, I think we, the, the first response just came just a minute after I sent it out and uh and uh, that goes to one of our Colorado listeners. I see a
0: Colorado area code on that. So. What a great co- fan base we have in Colorado. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Three <laughs> three of our five fans are in Colorado. <laughs> and and we're both two of them. <laughs> I did. Uh, did you count me as a fan? Yeah, and myself <laughs> as well. <laughs> Maybe pushing it. All right, got to get back to this game here. You've yes. got to get walloped. I, Table Talk Jeopardy, I, your category is Cardinal Dates of the Old Testament. I'm doing eschatology. I happen to have a millennium of points now. It's time
2: for me to make a comeback here. All right, uh, let's take uh, Old Testament Dates that Evan doesn't
0: know for 400 <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Let me see here. I'm going to give you this is going to be a uh, Oh, this is the daily double. I'll oh, I'll hold off the daily double oh, to the next time. Oh, good, thanks. Man. Okay. So, I uh, now this is going I'm going uh, I don't know exactly how to word this question because I'm trying to I'm giving you two Wait, options. Wait, hold on. Here. Have
2: have you been taking away points for for me? No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, you're so nice. So, okay. I
0: I just zeroed you out at 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 300. Okay. Thanks. I mean, you you I I you got a one way I'm trying to be helpful here. Talking about the ten most important dates of the events of the Old Testament that we can understand everything around. Now there's. If I was two... a
2: dispensationalist, I'd just answer
0: 1948 for all of them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, by the way, uh, is the date of the uh, reconstitution of Israel as a nation, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. The dispensationalists <laughs> would tell us. Okay, there's two major destructive events in the Old Testament: the destruction of the Northern Kingdom. Uh, of Samaria by the Assyrians, and the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Uh, and these are uh, two of the... I don't know how to word this question. Give me one of those dates. <laughs> well,
2: I think you did quite well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I really don't know. You, you're going in chronological order, though. So the first one... Uh, I don't remember now. <laughs> I shouldn't remember. But the last one was, uh, in the, what was it, 900s. So I'm going to drop down to about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the division of the kingdoms was in 9. So you know it has to be after the year 931. All right. And, pr- and before the year 4 BC when Jesus was born. So that gives you, uh, you know, nine and a half centuries. So I'm going to guess, uh, uh, Five fifty. How's that? That's awfully close. The, so the destruction of Samaria by the Assyrians was seven twenty two. Those <laughs> of you taking notes at home, seven twenty two. But it's it wasn't till about one hundred and fifty years later or so that the they have the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple by the Babylonians. That's in the year five hundred and eighty six. Or maybe five hundred and eighty seven. Five eighty six, five eighty seven, right in that time period. So that's when that's when Daniel, you know, was carted off with his friends over to to babylon and, and everything um that's when they by the rivers of babylon where we sat down and there we wept when we remembered zion how can we sing songs when we're in the foreign land and all this stuff so that's the time that's the period of exile but here's an important thing if the if the prophets that you're as you're reading through the prophets and they're prophesying against the northern kingdom against israel and the ten tribes of the northern kingdom well then you know that that prophecy is before the year 722 because at the at the point 722 when the assyrians come in there is no more israel in the north there's only the southern kingdom poof it's gone and they and they import people and they and they uh the assyrians import foreigners and they kind of mix in and and take up the worship at dan and bethel and that's what that becomes the source of the samaritans that are there in jesus day so they have a You know, 700 years before the time. So those are the two dates, 722 and 586, that we want to remember. And then there's another one, just to throw this in, is uh, is in the year 538. So about uh, 48 years, is that 48 years after the destruction of Jerusalem? You have the Edict of Return. So Cyrus comes in and wipes out the Babylonians and then, uh and then he lets the Jews go back and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, so that's another one of the cardinal dates. The last cardinal date we have some before early ones, but the last one here then is in the year four twenty, and that's the last prophetic writings and the close of the Old Testament right around that year four twenty So we've almost got all ten of these cardinal dates. there's just two more at the beginning to get those are your extra bonus points,
2: so you're sure it's not five fifty then I'm sure okay. Okay. Good well, guess <laughs> though. That was
0: close. That was close. Good instincts. <laughs> Let's
2: take eschatology for
0: five hundred, Evan. How about that?
2: All right. I got a hard one for you. Oh, and okay. we'll call this a daily double. And you have a millennium of points to wager. Uh, I'm how- gonna I'm gonna wager all of them. <laughs> okay. The belief that the great war of Armageddon in the book of Revelation occurred in the late 60s and early 70s when the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed. Many Jews were killed and the rest were driven from Palestine. When Jesus talked about the end of the world, he did not mean that the physical world would be no more. He taught that the old worldview held by various contemporary Jewish groups was coming to an end to be replaced by a new concept, the kingdom of God. Thus, all the major elements in the book of Revelation actually took place in the first century. Yeah, this
0: is a view called preterism. So the answer would be, or the question would be, what is preterism? That is correct. Good you job. You didn't think I knew that, huh? You were trying no, to. No, I knew you did. This is the. These idea.
2: are all softballs old... for you. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm, here been. I'm trying to be nice to you. You're trying to show off how <laughs> smart you are, and, and man, you just <laughs> straight up giving you these tough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Starts with David. (laughs) Brother. This is the idea. It's a kind of goofy idea, but this also idea is gaining traction, is that all the end times uh, prophecies made by Jesus and the scriptures have already been fulfilled, including the second coming, the resurrection, and all this stuff. It's crazy. Now, to some degree, everyone is what we call a partial preterist. That is, that some of the things that the Lord promised have been fulfilled. Uh, for, For example, half of the promises or the warnings that Jesus gives in, in Matthew 24 and 25, this great eschatological discourse, half of these happened when Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D. So that's true, but then half of them are still, uh, we still wait for his coming and glory. Uh, his, the, the, the way that the Bible describes his coming and glory simply cannot be understood any other way than a cataclysmic event that brings in an entirely new creation. Uh, and, and, and when he comes again, everyone is going to know it. There's not going to be any question about it. Okay, so you end up with uh, two
2: millennia of points, and uh, I have my last shot here with uh, Old Testament
0: dates that Evan doesn't know. <laughs> 500, these are kind of tough. I, I, I'll just give you this. Uh, the date of the birth of Abraham or the date of the migration to Egypt. So you, those are the two dates that I have left on my list of the ten most important dates of the Old Testament. So you can take a stab at either one of them. In fact, if you want, you could just guess and don't even tell me what you're guessing at. You don't have to call your shot. This isn't the eight ball. Okay. <laughs> take a stab at it. Uh, okay. What was the What was the second one? So the birth of Abraham or the migration to Egypt.
2: Um. Yes. Uh. My guess for this uh last one here <laughs> <laughs> I'm I don't know. <laughs> um oh, oh boy. Maybe i I might um I'm gonna shoot for maybe Abraham's um Abraham's birth. Okay. Which would be pretty early. So yeah. yeah. I don't know, maybe uh, 2500 B.C.?
0: Close. That's close. Uh, 2166. <sighs>
2: 2166. All right. I didn't wager any points, so I didn't lose anything on that one. Oh,
0: that's right. It was your daily double. <laughs> huh. So you still have 300.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's 300. <laughs> here, so here are these
0: dates. The birth of Abraham, 2166 B.C., uh, and then uh, a couple hundred years later, the migration to Egypt, is the year 1876, 1876. Then there's four, so then there's 430 years to the next major event, 1446. Here I'll you taking notes at home. Here that it, we'll put this list, list on a uh, on our website. But so 10 uh, so 2166 birth of Abraham. You might want to write these down too, Evan. I am uh, 1876 migration to Egypt. 1446 exodus to Egypt. Uh, 1406 entrance to Canaan. Uh, Exodus from Egypt, I should say. Entrance into Canaan, 14.06. 10.10, Ascension of David. 9.31, Division of the Kingdom. 7.22, Destruction of Samaria. 5.86, Destruction of Jerusalem. 5.38, The Edict of Return. And 4.20 or so, The Completion of the Old Testament. All right, very good. Well...
2: Uh, did I win then? or? Uh, oh, no. You you, <laughs> it's barely, you barely won. 2,000 to 300. Yeah. It's close. All
0: right. Well, well we the game's over. We didn't get to play What's in Your Passion Library?
2: No, I'm sorry. We'll have to do it next time.
0: Who knows? Congratulations to our uh, Colorado listener for the listener participation game.
2: That's right. Fantastic. All right. Well, check us out on our website, tabletalkradio.org, or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.
0: The points are like the joy of Evan's Old Testament professors.
1: <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time through Table Talk Radio.